Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA. I'm your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Skeet Haig. Uh, I actually met Skeet through a uh, CPA association that we're both part of, Millennial Global. Skeet is a partner with RBG, a CPA firm out of Memphis. He's actually been with that firm his entire career, beginning in 1981. And in January of this year, he became the firm's managing partner. I actually was able to see Skeet back in February when we were still able to travel. I was out at his firm and and, and had a great time there. And Skeet, I, I appreciate you being on and welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Randy. Glad to be here. So before we jump into things, just how you doing? How's the firm doing? Everybody in the family, everything good? Yeah, it's a crazy time, uh, you know, but, it, but you know, every, I'm a knock on wood. Every, every, everybody's doing well family-wise, and, and I think uh, the firm, everybody's adjusting, uh, has, adjusting, has adjusted well considering. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I've been having a lot of conversations, and I'm hearing positive news, which is which is good. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sure there's some some people affected pretty bad by by things, but luckily, everybody I've talked to so far is is dealing with it. And and uh, you're in the office right now. I I can see you and I are are seeing each other over video. But you were saying about what 10 percent of the people are in the office, the rest remote. Yeah, yeah. We we back mid March. You know, we we cut back the hours from nine to four and then working in the office is the exception to the rule. And so we have 90% of our people working remotely. We have just a very, very skeleton crew up here. And I tend to come up here, you know, quite a bit just, just to make sure everything is going well. And, you know, we have a receptionist and we have uh, some folks that are kind of, you know, make, make the, make the firm run as far as from an administrative perspective. And then we have a few people coming in and out, but plenty of room to socially distance. And, uh, it's, it was the craziest April 14th and 15th I'd ever experienced. It was so quiet. There was no stress. There was no tension. It was wild. Yeah. It was almost like uh, April 15th was a, a non-event. Well, it was a non-event this year. And I was actually even surprised. I think I, I think it was halfway through the day and I was like, wait, it's April 15th today. It's definitely a strange year. Uh, well, we'll get into maybe a little bit more on the, on the COVID-19 and how that's affecting things. But really, you and I discussed this when I was out there in February that we, you know, get together and have a conversation. And my thought was our conversation would be about the transition from partner to managing partner, especially at a firm that you've been at your entire career. And I think you probably had, I I think you and I talked earlier, two uh, long reigning managing partners that that were before you. Uh, So just a little bit of, you know, how that in a real world setting, how that uh, transition uh, uh, would have occurred, maybe some challenges that you had to deal with and just how you put your own stamp on. That's a lot to digest in one question, but just how was that transition overall? Well, you know, I, I, first of all, I'm very fortunate to follow uh, uh, my predecessor, John Griesbeck. He was, uh, all along we talked, and he, uh, he, he said that his goal was to tee it up for me, and that's exactly what he did. And I couldn't have asked for a better transition. You know, you can hear some horror stories sometimes from the transition to, a man, to another managing partner, but this has just been fabulous. And John and I, we talk, we still talk every day, several times a day, and uh, in our offices right next to each other when, when, when 
everybody was in the office. But, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, going from, from John to me and, and, and he gets it. I mean, our, our firm is 104 years old. And so, you know, we've gone through many, many transitions, transitions of generations. And, you know, being a, being a, uh, you know, 104 year old firm, it's just like, we are, we have transformed in the past few years into, to, uh, to just a, not a totally different firm, but you know, just the, the talent that we have in the firm today is just fabulous. It's the best that I've, we've ever seen collectively. And, you know, that's, that's by design. And uh, both John and I, you know, we, we knew going forward that, you know, to, to, you know, we want to keep this going. And we, we've had just plenty of opportunities to merge. Uh, people have approached us and, you know, we, we like our independence. We like being masters of our own destiny. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's how we attract some, some talent is we say, hey, you want to be masters of your own destiny? You know, you don't have to report to New York or, or Chicago, London, or, you know, we're here in Memphis. And so we get to make our own decisions and being part of our association, Millennial, you know, that gives us the resources of any international firm, but we make our decisions here locally. And so we can pretty much handle anything. And so it allows us, you know, to, to network with other firms and get best practices. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've been, we've been setting this up for, for a while and, you know, you know, start doing some different things, you know, not different things, but just kind of expanded on some things because uh, that are really all people driven. And I chatted a little bit about that now, if you want. Or- yeah. Yeah. I, I think we go into that. So, so I was going to ask the, it sounded like a couple of years you said before you took over this transition began and it was purposeful. So were you and John uh, working together on, on this knowing, I mean, I guess at one point, did you know you were going to become the managing partner? Well, it was about a year before. I mean, you know, but yeah, yeah, it was about a, formally about a year before. And, uh, you know, we, we got together as a, as a partner group and kind of decided it. And um, so it's been a, you know, it was about a, it was about a 12 month transition. And uh, so it, it worked, like I said, you know, my, my hat's off to John because he has just worked very hard at, at making this transition smooth and doing whatever it takes. And, you know, so he's, uh, he's been a real champ about it. And, and John's great too. I know John and John's still there. It's not like he was managing partner and retired, right? He's a, still a partner oh, with the firm. Oh, absolutely. I told him he's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, so he's got, he, you know, because, you know, I was, I was the, the assurance partner. And so, you know, I was I'm still very involved with clients and everything, but he's got so much institutional knowledge of how the firm works uh-huh. and everything. And so that's the, that's the knowledge that needs to get transferred over. And he, and he's, he's doing a great job of it. And, uh, you know, so, you know, just from signing checks to, you know, to bank accounts and everything else, you know, that, that, that whole thing, I just, you know, being, being the assurance partner, but we never dealt with. So. Right. And, and then is there with this transition then, and so you're the year ahead of time knowing that this transition was happening. And then it sounds like a year before that, the firm transition was already happening with how you're attracting employees and building the firm going forward. Is there a stamp that you're, not necessarily an ego stamp that you want to put on the firm, but there's, there are different directions with things that then you've decided uh, going forward that this is things I'd like to do. Well, you know, if, if anything, it's just taking what John, you know, where John was and basically, you know, expanding on what he did and taking it to another level. And to do that, you got to do it through people. Right. And so we, we've taken some, uh, some different approaches on certain things and a, you know, I've done a lot of reading on, 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 
on businesses, not necessarily on how to run CPA businesses, but in businesses itself. And you know, if you've ever read the book Traction, I've taken, taken certain concepts from Traction and, and implemented those and, and, and done, done a, a few of those things. But one of the things that we did is, you know, we, we want to, to really drive home the fact of the RPRS, what we call it RPRS, which is Right People, Right Seat. You know, that comes from the, uh, Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. Uh, so, you know, I've taken a lot of stuff from all these books, but, but we, we call it having the right, the right number of RPRS, right people, right seat. And to do that, you got to make sure that everybody is, is, uh, you know, in line with what you think. And so we've developed what we call a core value bar. Everybody has core values. You get look at the, you look at the website, you know, people have core values and, and, uh, and everything and and but we we kind of drive this home because every single person in the firm gets evaluated based on our core values partners included Mm -hmm. and so we have a core value bar where uh we actually sat in a room our our, when we initially did this our partners sat in a room and went around a room and we evaluated each other from you know a, a plus uh plus minus or minus on all of our core values in uh, all of our seven values, and then taking a concept from traction is we added that what's called a gets it, wants it, has the capacity to it. And so, uh, you know, you got to have basically pluses or plus minuses on all these. And it was a very honest, frank conversation, and it, and it generated the conversation I wanted to have is, why, why, why do you see me as a plus minus? Well, you know, what's going on? But, but it created a lot of great conversation, if you will. And it, it helps you identify everybody, everybody in the room did, did well, which I thought I knew they would, okay. uh, you know, but, uh, but when we go around and so like during our consensus meetings now is everybody, everybody is going to go through this core value. So we, we get together and we, we, we basically see how everybody does in the core values. And if they don't meet where they need to be on these core values and the GWC, which is it gets it, wants it, and have the capacity, you have to have yes on all that. If you don't have yeses, we've got an issue. If you got minuses, we've got an issue. We may not have the right people in the right, the right person in the right seat. Then you got to make that 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 tough decision. And you know we've, you know th- those things are you know those things happen. And so then the next thing we do is uh, everybody in the firm now has a coach. Everybody okay. gets coached every month. Uh, we have a formal coaching process, and so down from you know, each partner gets coached. Uh, each manager gets coached it, it, down to uh, all of our admin. They get coached every month uh, and everybody has a coach and it's that coach's respect coach is held responsible for that person. So if some, somebody's not doing something, I don't go to the person. I go to the coach and I say, you get, you got to take care of this. And so it, it creates a level of responsibility that, that, you know, I'm responsible for this person because if you screw up, I, it's my, I, it's on my head. You know, so, um, so that is, that, that's created something. We've started this, you know, beginning of January. I've gotten probably more out of it than anybody just because it keeps me so in tune with what is going on. And the biggest thing that I want to avoid is surprises. This avoids surprises because if something's out there, because it's, when you're having the coaches meetings, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a structured coaches meeting. It's 15 minutes, supposed to be 15 minutes every month, but there's certain things you go through. So it's, it's been very beneficial, uh, you know, and, and we, we, our HR manager tracks it. If you don't have a coach's meeting, she's asking why. And it's the coachee 
has to own this process. So if I'm being coached by somebody, I've got to get with my coach, set up a calendar, a recurring calendar invite, and I've got to be the one taking ownership. Ownership is a big core value of ours that you got to own everything you do. So the, the coachee has to own this process and has to own their career. And if they don't, then we get back into that RPRS. Do we have the right person in the right seat? No, the RPRS, does that right person, right seat? And I haven't heard that. I know you referred to it uh, from a book. It's probably a book I should read because I've heard that book uh, a lot. Um, good, good, it's in good to great. And it's, uh, yeah. uh, and, and, and traction uses it too. So, so, so I, and, and I don't know the, the concepts of this, but if you don't have the right person in the right seat, does that necessarily mean they're not the right person for the firm or it's just the right, no. not the right seat and you can move them into another position? He hit a very key point. It may, that person may be the right person, but in the wrong seat. Right. And so that's where you got to have a sit down and just say, okay, you've got a really great skill set. How do we, how do we capitalize on this? Cause you, you're not really, you're not happy doing this, but are you happy doing this? Because part of, part of another core value of ours is passion. You got to be most successful people we see are very passionate about what they do. If you, if you have somebody who's passionate, you never have to manage them. Never. And, uh, so, uh, and that, that's a, that's a big part of it. You know, if, if you don't have passion, maybe you're just in the wrong seat. You've got a great skill set, but where can we put you to develop this passion to where you can, you can help us take us to the next level. Yeah, that's great. Now, does this help in two areas, attracting employees and retaining employees? Is there a key, is there a key for this to affect that? Yeah, I mean, because we share with the people we're talking to our core values, and you know, and, and we're just now telling people this is our core value bar. You know, this is what you you get. This is what we. This is this. Our core values define our culture. You know, a big part of our uh, one of our core values is elevation, which is basically, you know, continuous learning. You know, ne you know, never settle for for just being how you are. You've got to continuously get better. And again, you know, a book from Jim Collins, uh, you know, built to last. A, a, a trait of these companies is good enough never is, you know, that you always have to strive to get better because everybody else is getting better. It gets back to a sports analogy. I mean, there's always somebody out there better than you, but how can you always, always get better? Right. And that's what every, not just, not just professional staff, we're, 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 we're take this, we take this down to every single person in the firm. That's amazing. And, and does this affect because I know there's this old, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's an adage, but an old way of thinking that, you know, you know, to be on this partner track, you got to put in your time and you've got to spend, you know, X amount of years. Does this, and I know with the different generations within firms now, there's different mindsets with the generations. Does this help somebody that, that they feel they're on the partner track and hopefully you feel that to accelerate that process at all, because now they're able to know where their shortcomings are. They know where their strengths are. They can continue. Is there any issues with that or, or is it tie into that? Well, I mean, it, it, it really, it really solves an age old problem of, of, you know, knowing where you are in the firm yep. because you know, the, the big thing that we try and promote is honesty and transparency and where you are in the firm. And, and, Part of the part of the process, this whole process last year is we went through a. Uh, and this was through Lineal. We went through um, a 360 process for all of our basically all of our senior managers. Well, most of our partners have already been through it, but we went, did a 360, where we got we had uh, people do th you know the 360 evaluation, and we had an industrial psychologist come in and meet with the people individually, come up with a game plan, and so that helps us 
<laughs> that that goes a long way in determining to get those that RPRS, a right, right person, right seat. So this conversation went completely different direction than I expected. But man, I am just enthralled with what you're saying. This is this system you have in place sounds sounds great. And I actually, at some point in time, I want to even learn more about this. We're going to have to go sit down and have a drink at the next conference we can go to uh, 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 wherever. Um, one question I have, uh, because I know you are uh, involved with uh, nonprofits and, and charities and that, and you have been in the past, is that a core value within the firm then? Does this tie into that somehow? Uh, I don't know if you've looked at our core values. Our last core value is community. Okay. And, and when we define community, we don't define community as just, you know, just out in the, in the community. It's an internal and external community. And part of that is you've got to be involved in both. That means our internal community is when we have functions, when we have whatever, you've got to be part of the team. You've got to be part of the firm. You know, so you've got to you've got to take part of firm functions. You've got to be participate in what the firm does. We have community days. You've got to be part of that. You know, that's the internal community. The other part of it is, is are you involved in something outside of work? Are you involved with, uh, you know, a not-for-profit? Do you, is there something out there? And what we say is don't get involved in a not-for-profit that you're not passionate about. Be passionate about something. Take leadership roles because you take those leadership roles, you bring that, those skill sets back. I, I speak from experience. You take those leadership roles that you take in not-for-profit organizations, you bring those back to the firm. You, you, you deploy them here. You know, we, we look for people that are very ambitious and very, you know, they want to take the lead. They want to, they want to be leaders. And that's who we're looking for. And that's, that's all part of this RPRS system. Yeah, that's great. I had a conversation with another managing partner, um, uh, John Sensaba. I don't know if you're familiar with John. He's out of the San Francisco area, but very similar values with that, with you know, giving back to the community. And it's been great for them and, and obviously great for you, too. So it's, that, that's uh, awesome to see. So we'd be remiss a little bit if we didn't talk about then this uh, transition to managing partner and then not only uh, the changes you had to go through, but then getting thrown into this fire with COVID-19 too. Um, has, has there been any, obviously there has been additional challenges, but are you handling that? Is there anything uh, special you'd, uh, advice you have for anybody or things you've had to deal with? Well, I, you know, I told John, I said, John, I didn't sign up for this, <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, the thing about, the thing about it is we've got a fabulous partner group where, you know, again, we, 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 we meet every two weeks, you know, and we have, we go over, we said exactly what we need to be doing that next two weeks. And so we're, we're trying to stay in tune exactly what needs to happen. COVID-19 has really, uh, thrown a wrench into a lot of things. And as I try to tell people, I see, you know, you know, if any, you know, anybody from the firm hears this, they'll, you know, they, they've heard this before, but, you know, we cannot control this situation at all. We have no control of this situation. What we can't control is how we deal with it and how we live, how we live within this situation. And as I tell people in the firm, I said, you've got to learn how to live it well. You've got to learn how to live this situation well so to, and then because your colleagues and especially the clients will take notice, they see the example that you set that, you know, you can, you can kind of sit back and, oh, woe is me and this and that. But, you know, you got to look at this, this situation because there's always an opportunity in some situation. Now, are we going to have, are we going to be adversely affected by this? Yeah, I think every CPA firm is going to be adversely mm -hmm. affected by this. 
but you've got to take a look at this situation and you've got to just say, okay, how do I respond to this? And that's the, that's what, what I have tried to push out to everybody is, you know, you take control. It gets back to our, it gets back to our core value of ownership of you've got to own this situation. You can't let this situation own you. And you've got to take, you've got to take ownership of this. Another one of our core values, stewardship. So how are you going to take care of your career? How are you going to take care of what we've given you through this firm? You've got to be a good steward of the firm. You've got to lead by example to your colleagues and to your and to the clients. And that's what the message is that we're, that we're trying to get out. Now, how do you do that? You've got to maintain constant contact. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody else is using Zoom. We're on Zoom now. Right. You know, we, we use, we've used Teams, Skype, you know, go to meeting, WebEx, whatever it may be. But, you know, you've got, that's why if I have to, instead of even picking up the phone and calling somebody, I just, boom, I just hit Teams. Let's, let's do a video conference. So yep. I have six, six video conferences a day just with different people. Right. Yeah, just just like we are doing now, by having the the close interaction like like this, with you can see people, so much more meaningful than it is just talking on the phone. It so is much completely. More. I think I've got about four or five uh, Zoom calls today, so yeah. it, it, it's 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 somewhat the new reality. I mean, I'm a guy that's. Um, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, I was out traveling, saw you in February. Uh, my travel, you know, was 100,000 miles plus a year on airlines, 120, 150 nights a year in hotels. That's completely changed. And, and so this uh, Zoom and WebEx and everything that you said is, is going to be very important, at least for the, for the foreseeable future. So I am completely impressed with how you guys are handling this. I think the advice you just gave everybody to stay positive, stay in touch and show your leadership through this is, could be awesome advice to everybody out there. Before I wrap up, well, if there's anything else you wanted to add, but before I wrap up and you can always jump in, uh, I did want to ask you because you, I, I try to end with some fun fact with everybody. And the one thing that, uh, that I know about you that I was able to find out is you're on the board of directors of the Wolf River Conservancy. And, and that sounds like a passion of yours. You want to give us some information on that? Yeah, it's, uh, um, it, it's very interesting. I, you know, I love the outdoors. I love to bike. Uh, Memphis is very fortunate in the fact that we have just fabulous water aquifers. We have just trillions of gallons underneath our, underneath the soil here of just pure, the purest water you can have. Mm. And the Wolf River basically helps recharge that. And back in the early eighties, certain sections of the Wolf River was declared dead. And so there was a group of people that got together and just said, we need to save the wolf. And so, because it helps recharge the aquifer. And so they, they started this years ago and basically to clean up the Wolf River. And then part of this then, part of the, they, they start doing what's called greenways and they, they put these bike paths and uh, walking paths all along the Wolf River and through the, just beautiful parts of nature, but it just follows the wolf and it's called the greenway. And so part of what we do is to, to help conserve that we, we, we buy land all along the wolf and then we conserve it. But then we take that and then we, we build greenways all along the wolf river to help conserve that, to get people out, to get people out. So you can, at the end of the day, you're going to be able to go from the Mississippi river all the way out down to Collierville, Tennessee, following the wolf river on just a beautiful path and just on your bike and you walk and you go out there now and it's just packed with people. I mean, it's just, it's amazing 
the impact that it has had on the community and while we are also conserving the Wolf River. It's just fabulous to see. I'm uh, uh, big into out riding my bike. So next time I can get out <laughs> to Memphis, I'm driving, I'm bringing my bike with me and I'm going to, how long, I'm assuming that's a very long path. You can make it as long as you want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, when it's done, it's going to be about a 26 mile one way go nice. thing. But I mean, you know, there's, there's sections. I have my own sections I do. And, right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you can take off roads, go actually, you know, dirt biking down along the river and everything. And it's, nice. it's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Give me a holler. Bring your bike. We'll go biking. Hey, well, uh, Chicago to Memphis isn't that far of a drive. So that's the, and I got a feeling a lot of my travel is going to be driving for a while. So, <laughs> so I true. may just do that. So, well, a couple things to, to wrap up. One, if people want to get more information on the Wolf River Conservancy, I think, guess they could probably just google that name or yeah absolutely yeah and, and then fabulous more, organization yeah that, that's awesome and then more information on you and the firm um again website uh, i'm guessing yep. is the place to go and which it what is the website's address it's, it's rbgcpa.com all right so that's where you can find in more information about skeet and these awesome core values that they are uh, instilling in the business i i really appreciate your time today um, it's been a, a great conversation and, and believe me, uh, I look forward to great conversations like this and that's the whole goal of our show. So thank you very much. Any final words from you or are we good to go? I just, just stay positive during this whole thing because, uh, you know, that's the only way to look at it. At this point, I'm going to sign off. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Uh, you can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Uh, remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode, where we will bring you another interesting guest and hear their stories and insights.